Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-host is Brian Johnson. What's up, Charch? Good to talk to you. It's a beautiful summer day. It's now summertime. It's taken a while, but we are finally at summer. The depressing part, uh, especially for those of us in the northern parts of North America, the days are going to start getting shorter. Yep. Come on, already? That's not cool. And... For those who don't know, Minnesota in the summertime is the absolute best it's, at its peak. It's the the sun's up at nine thirty at night still. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, can, it's can, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, and that part is great. We suffer um, through the winter. Yeah, then it's, but it's in January. It's dark at four. Uh, so you know we pay the price for it other times. I, I'd, I'll take Minnesota winters over living in Florida or Arizona in the I summer I, all day, I every can't day. Do Florida, no. I don't. I can't take the humidity. I used to live in Northern Virginia, DC, and those summers were intolerable. They're, They're tough. Uh, yeah, yeah, awful. I can do Arizona, um, even though I, I just, I, you know, I know it's literally 120 degrees some days in the summer, but I, the, to me, that whole the whole dry heat thing, it works yeah, way better than humidity. It, uh, it is. Uh, we're gonna dive into the AFC. North and a little bit like we did with the AFC East last week. The goal here is to tell you not what this each team did last year because you already know that, but it's really forward looking, Brian, as to what each team is going to do this year, which players we've identified that we like, how we think this offense is going to work, coaching changes, personnel changes, all the stuff you need to know for the four teams of the AFC North. And before we get to that, let's mention guillotineleagues.com. Okay. We are now open for business for the 2021 season. If you've always wanted to try a guillotine league, this is your chance. You, we support private leagues. If you've got 17 other people, well, actually, or less, you can have a private league with as few as eight. Uh, if you've got friends you want to play with, you can join a private league. Or if you don't have friends you want to play with, then you can join one of our public leagues, available at a wide variety of price points, depending on the prizing you'd like to win. So we, we encourage su- you to check that out. Yeah, I encourage you to join both. Especially uh, the brand new Super Chop the format. Super Chop. Tell people about the Super Chop format, Brian. Win the big bucks. Uh, quickly, it starts out as a 
regular guillotine league, but less teams. 12, 12 teams. The 12-team league. Yep, 12-team league. 12 teams, 12 leagues with 12 teams yes. in each league. Uh, start week one, of course, and just like uh, standard uh, guillotine um, execution, uh, team eliminated every week. But yep. come the, when you're the last man standing, you join the other last men or women standing. Mm-hmm. For a, a brand new draft, sort of brand new league. Yeah, for after the playoffs. week after week eleven, when the, you win your league, the, uh, the, all the, the league, super chop playoffs. Yes, all the leagues, uh, all the league winners get together for a fresh draft of players, and then you play out the playoffs. Uh, last team standing wins the whole thing up to fifteen thousand dollars. You do this kind of format so you can have the big bucks at the end. Uh, yeah, it's very Correct. exciting. Uh, up to fifteen thousand dollars with the super chop at guillotineleagues.com. Uh Brian. Let's begin at the AFC North with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, for regular listeners, they may know that this is your new adopted favorite team. You were previously on the Giants. You gave up on them. And yeah, Dave Gettleman. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, they, they still pay Dave Gettleman, so I refuse to uh, give them right. my so championship. So let's, let's go to a team you're following very closely and has, I think, maybe, if you know, you'd, if you'd asked me to pick the team in the AFC that's going to improve the most by wins... I might just pick the Bengals, where not for the fact that there's two other really good teams in that division, but I I think the Bengals get so much better this year. I do as well. And the, the, reality football aside, they're going to be one of the most fun fantasy football they teams are. in that in that division. Um, real quick to recap, last year um, Zach Taylor is returning as the head coach. He also acts as the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. I believe this will be his second year, maybe his third right. year. Still, a, still a very young coach. Uh, last year. Bengals finished 30th in yards per game, 29th in points per game. Obviously, things went way south when Joe Burrow went yeah. down in Week 11 with a knee injury. He was posting pretty good numbers. Very good numbers. The Bengals weren't really yeah. necessarily winning games, but Burrow was also just getting murdered behind that offensive line, which we'll, which we'll get into. But uh, the Bengals passed the ball a lot. They passed the ball over 60% of the time last year. That was 13th most in the league. They only ran the ball 39.5%. That was bottom 12 in the NFL, so they were uh, much more of a pass-friendly team. That's because they were behind from by the line a lot and don't yeah. expect that to change a whole lot. Not a ton of draftable players for the Bengals. Uh, it's really starting with the highest-drafted guy, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and then Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't even really talk about the tight ends. And nope. to, to, to follow the script from last week, we'll start with the the riskiest guy based on ADP. Mm-hmm. And I think most people would lean Joe Mixon off the top of their head just based on last year, only played six games, totally lost season. But he's not the riskiest guy for me. It's, it's Jamar Chase, who one of the three elite Bengals wide receivers. Yeah. Amazing talent. Coming out of LSU, as we all know, first wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft. Did not play last year, though, but uh, right now for LSU, that is. So I'm a little concerned there. Um, he can have a slower ramp up. It's possible. Certainly can. But right now, he's going off the board wide receiver 26 overall. Uh, that's that's so high. And the highest of the Bengals wide yes, receivers. Yes. Now, granted, T. Higgins T. is wide Higgins. receiver 27. Okay, he's right there. Uh, he's right there. <laughs> but T. Higgins has proven himself to be a very good player, like Absolutely. we thought he was going to be. And I don't think they're suddenly going to you know, I don't think they're suddenly going to change the whole scheme just to fit a rookie receiver. No, and don't forget Tyler Boyd, who is going right. wide receiver 33, not far behind these guys. Mm-hmm. If I'm just 
strictly talking wide receivers, I'm going with the cheapest guy in Boyd, who is a proven contributor with very high upside on, on, on in most weeks, at least when Joe Burrow is healthy. So for me, Jamar Chase, I'm out uh, in redraft, of course. I like his long-term prospects a lot more than this year. But wide receiver 26, when I can take a more proven guy like Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster even, and Odell Beckham a little sketchy, I'd rather take my chances on those somewhat proven commodities Mm -hmm. over Jamar Chase, who, again, a rookie, sat out last year. Maybe Joe Burrow isn't 100% after last year. Will the line keep him alive again well, this that, year? Well, that is a fair question because the, the line it continues to be ranked. Uh, I think Pro Football Focus ranked the Bengals coming into this year. So the you know current the current offensive line, I think they ranked them 30th yeah, or 31st. The Bengals did draft uh, Jackson Carmen, uh, offensive tackle out of Clemson in the second round, so they mm-hmm. bolstered that line a little bit. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm just out on Jamar Chase in, in redraft this year. Um Again, two very good wide receivers in the room with him. And also, the guy with the most upside is there who could soak up significant targets and touchdowns, and that is Joe Mixon, who I am going with mm. as the player with the most upside. Okay. Um, he's going uh, mid-second in most leagues, like RB12, which feels just about right for me, for, for Mixon. Um, people just remember last year, he played six games, didn't do much when he played, just a total yeah. total loss season. But the years before, Mixon was seeing bell cow usage, uh, 292 opportunities mm-hmm. in 2018, and that's carries and targets. Yep. Uh, then in 2019, 323 opportunities. Uh, it wasn't really racking up the touchdowns then, but that was John Kitna, and I don't right. know what other mess of course. John Kitna. Or not John Kitna. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. <laughs> They're essentially the same person at this point. Um uh, one had no hair and one had red hair. That's a key distinguishing feature right there. Yeah, my bad. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, no, it's basically fine. the same player. Yeah, no, They're not Joe Burrow. In, <laughs> Gio Bernard's gone. And so there's a lot of people think Mixon could be sitting on a bigger PPR season than he's had in recent years. And that might be another factor in, in the case of Mixon. I'm surprised he's going where he's going. I really thought after last year and the fact that Mixon's never been – a gigantic fantasy producer. You know, he's never been like a top five fantasy producer. He's always been like RB10, RB12, RB8. I thought that coming off this this lost season that he would fall farther than RB12, mm-hmm. that he'd be more like 15, 16, 17. You get him in the middle of the third round. I don't think, you know, middle of the second round to me for Mixon feels, uh, like you said, it feels about right. But uh, again, he stays healthy. Burrow stays healthy. That receiving group. Mm-hmm. Fully clicks that line. If takes the, the line, next level. If, yeah, if the line is not awful, there, there's top five. Exciting, there, there's it, top five upside for yeah. for Joe Mixon. I'm not saying he'll get there, but the upside exists. See, I think Burrow's fascinating. Just so many ways for him to win right now with the three receivers. Mixon catching the ball. I just feel like, and Burrow looks so good. He was clearly a candidate for highest upside too. Yes, uh, quarterback is. This is like the deepest class of quarterbacks I can remember. Yeah, so in many teams football. are set at quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's so, crazy. There is certainly upside for Joe Burrow as well. Let's let's move over to the Cleveland Browns. Right. Uh, and this is an offense that took a massive step forward under who would ultimately become NFL coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. In many ways, Stefanski emulates his former employer, 
Minnesota with a run-heavy attack that asks its quarterbacks to execute a handful of key plays rather than asking their quarterback to go, like, win every game with your arm. Um, which I think is very smart, and it, it turned a and Baker Mayfield turned in a very good season last year. Cleveland was top five in rushing attempts and bottom five in passing attempts last year, and that's because they've got Nick Chubb, who is awesome, Kareem Hunt, who's very good, and um, and again, I just think philosophically, this is what Kevin Stefanski was raised in, and look what it got them to last year through the playoffs. There's a good team. There was a a quote from Travis Kelsey about two weeks ago in which he said the biggest threat to the Chiefs, I'm paraphrasing, the biggest threat to the Chiefs is the Cleveland Browns. And he's right. Defense massively improved in the the offseason. What was the – there was a crucial play when the the Browns and the Chiefs played in the AFC Championship, right? I remember there was a – Cleveland got jobbed uh, on something. Um, Rashard Higgins – Remember, it was like the fumble yeah. out of bounds and that, was, that BS was, yeah, rule. Right, yes. And that, yes. that, that flipped fumble the game through upside, the edge of yeah. the uh, end zone yeah. deal. Right? So they, we, they yeah. turn over yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that stuff's tough. Baker Mayfield is, um, doesn't, and like I said, doesn't have to throw off him. That doesn't mean that he was conservative in what they asked Baker Mayfield to do. So don't confuse a lack of volume with Mayfield into thinking that they didn't take shots downfield with Mayfield because they really did. They've got that powerful, effective running game that pinches the defenses up close to the line of scrimmage, and then here comes Baker Mayfield over the top. Now, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt were both in the top 10 in seeing eight men in the box, which, again, I'm telling you, you know, defenses really yeah. stack the line of scrimmage for Chubb and Hunt. So then Baker Mayfield's nine intended air yards was the NFL's fourth deepest last year. So he's throwing over the box. Uh-huh. And so he was throwing downfield. So even though he wasn't throwing for volume, he was executing the big plays that fantasy owners do want to have. And I love that about Mayfield. And also blessed with the league's longest time to throw Baker Mayfield at 3.05 seconds. That's a full second longer than Ben Roethlisberger, who we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, his wideouts, Odell Beckham, returns from his Week 7 ACL injury and is on track to be available in training camp and the start of the season. I saw someone tweet, and it's probably true. I didn't I didn't verify it, but the last time Odell Beckham was a, a wide receiver, one in top 12 wide receiver, so was Jordy Nelson. Are you serious? Yeah. God, that feels like a long time <laughs> yeah, ago, does. doesn't it? Wow. Uh, Odell's first, uh, or the six full games that he played last year in, in his first year with Kevin Stefanski, were very inconsistent. He had two very good games. He had two very bad games and two just right in the middle. Um, Stefanski has been adamant that OBJ is part of the team's future, uh, that they plan to use him significantly. And really, when you look at the rest of the Browns wide receivers, yeah, Odell Beckham is going to be a big part of this because the other guys really aren't all that promising, I don't think. Jarvis Landry, no love? Well, we'll get him. I did say all of them. Um, Troubling last year, Odell Beckham, had the league's lowest yards after catch, 1.8 yards. You played six games. I mean, that's not like a two-game sample size. That's a six-game sample 1. size. 1.8 yards? He had 1.8 yards after wow. catch for Odell Beckham, and you, that should worry you. You can fall forward for <laughs> Yes, you can fall forward for 1.8 yards. Uh, Jarvis Landry is a known quantity who's been incredibly consistent throughout his career. You know the deal here. Short 
targets, short catches, few touchdowns. You want like four, five, six touchdowns in a season. Jarvis Landry's your guy. Um, Donovan People jones saw his snap count skyrocket in the second half of the season. And then later into the playoffs, he put together three really strong games in December, which gives you a suggestion that he will continue to get more use this year. And in this is second season, Donovan People jones there, there's a scenario here. If you believe Odell is kind of cooked between the injuries and, you know, how long it's been, you mentioned Jordy Nelson era, how mm-hmm. long it's been since he was a really good wide receiver. It, there's a scenario where Donovan Peoples-Jones gets a lot more time, and then that doesn't all have to come out of Odell Beckham. You know, your outside receivers to start the season are going to be Odell Beckham, Landry in the slot, and, the, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Rashard Higgins is out of this thing, I think. They did draft, and I'm not too concerned this year, but uh, Anthony Schwartz in the third right. round. I'm not sure yep, he's get a to speed him. guy. Yeah. Right, speed guy. I don't think he. I I don't think he will be a reliable factor this year. I like that they added a speed guy though, because as I mentioned earlier, Baker Mayfield, these deep passes that he throws, they don't have speed at the receiver position until he came along, and so I think he's he's going to be at all. He will splash with some big plays over the course of the season, but I don't expect him to be a sizable factor throughout the year. Uh, fantasy owners are going to be frustrated again by the Browns' tight ends. Yeah. This is a mess. Sophomore Harrison Bryant only posted one fantasy-relevant game as a rookie last year. But and I called it on this show. You did. <laughs> that was very impressive. He had a two-touchdown yeah. game last year, and you called that. Um, and I don't know if... Was Hooper out that game? I, mean, I don't. I don't was think that he part of it was. No, he wasn't. It was just a great matchup, and it was. Uh, yeah, and I, I remember rolling him hard on DK because he was like two, two grand. You know, yeah, super cheap. cheap and, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, and Beckham probably just got hurt and stuff like that. So anyway, so Bryant averaged about forty snaps per game, which is more than you want if you own Austin Hooper, but not enough. If as you want, if you own Harrison Bryant, yeah. so that part's a little bit troubling. Austin Hooper averaged fifty-one snaps a game. That's only an eleven-snap difference. If you think Harrison Bryant gets better this year, his snaps could go to fifty. Austin Hooper could regress down to closer to forty, and maybe those two swap for each other. And basically, the long and short of it is, neither one is all that fantasy viable. Cause there's there's just too no. much competition at the tight end no, position. Yeah, not in redraft. I, I like Bryant uh, from a dynasty perspective. Yeah, I do too. So Hooper's contract, by the way, so let me, since you're talking about it, I looked it up. Um, Hooper's getting cut at the end of this year. Uh, 2022, is, is, there's, a, there's a big jump in Hooper's salary. He, they're not going to pay him that. So Hooper will either get restructured or cut at the end of this year, and then it's Harrison Bryant's job in 2022. All right, let's talk about the running backs. It's a contract year for Nick Chubb, and he is going to get paid, and I think it'll probably be by Cleveland because this is a run-first team, and they know Chubb is great. Last year, as I mentioned earlier, you saw eight men in the box more than any other player with his number of carries. He had 190 carries, and he saw more eight men in the box than anybody else. Yet, he somehow finished first in yards per carry over expectation, at 1.75 yards per carry over expectation, according to next-gen stats, and his 5.6 yards per carry was second only to J.K. Dobbins, who we will talk about later. Yeah, if Kareem Hunt wasn't in the picture, by the way, probably the, the two best running backs ever played together in NFL history, possibly. Yeah, uh, that's it, a good combo. Um, Hunt's got his 
stains on its career, of course. But if, if Hunt was out of the picture, Chubb is right in the 101 Oh, yeah. Right. You know, if like, you, yeah, yeah, if you told me that Kareem Hunt's going to go down in a freak dirigible mm-hmm. accident in week one, uh, Chubb could be the first player taken for sure. Uh, as it stands, Hunt siphons off work, but I wonder if ultimately in some ways it doesn't serve to keep Chubb healthy and efficient so that Chubb doesn't hit the 300 touch mark, which we kind of love as fantasy guys. But on the other side of it, Chubb's always is always – because of the relatively modest volume that he gets, he's always fresh, and he runs so hard. Hunt did sign a contract extension last year, um, but averages almost as many total touches as Chubb does, in part because he catches more passes, but Hunt's receiving is weirdly underutilized in this offense. They only throw to him three times a game. So, I'm, you know, Hunt to me is, uh, is a prototypical flex player. I don't think I want him as an RB1 or 2 if I can avoid it. Uh, he feels like a flex-style running back. So who's the riskiest player at his current ADP? I think it is Kareem Hunt. He's going off the board as running back 22, which is kind of a lot when you know that the best work goes to Chubb, and mm-hmm. Chubb is so good. Um, the player with the most upside compared to ADP, I really struggled with this. Yeah. Really struggled with this. Um, I ultimately settled on Odell Beckham, who's currently wide receiver 26th going in the yeah. sixth round. Um, after Jamar Chase, who we just talked about. After Jamar Chase, like, yeah. Yeah. Give, give right. me Beckham, Beckham over him all day. Right. Uh, Baker threw 26 touchdowns last year. Let's say Baker gets a little bit better this year, uh, another year in this in this system, and Odell Beckham is healthy all season. You know, what if he gets to 30 touchdowns? How many of those 30 go to Odell Beckham? Jarvis Landry's not a touchdown guy. Um, Kareem Hunt might catch four. Chubb might catch two. Tight ends might catch eight. I mean, you know, ten could go to Odell Beckham. So I think he's the player with the most upside. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll break down Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Our favorite players for versus uh, ADP. Our riskiest players ADP. We'll break down their 2021 offenses when we come back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Jarchin and Brian Johnson with you. We're breaking down the AFC North and the Baltimore Ravens, Brian. Yeah, we just talked about uh, a very run-heavy team uh, in the Browns, but no team was more run-heavy than the Ravens last year, who ran the ball 55% of the time. That was the highest clip in the league. Now, of course, they run their quarterback more than any team in the league, and that adds to the overall run total. Uh, it definitely does, and if you're the you have the the highest run play percentage, that means you have the lowest pass play percentage in the league. Baltimore dead last there, of course. Uh, ninth in points per game last year. The offense was very effective, but only nineteenth in yards. In essence, it took a major step back from 2019 when it was the most yeah, exciting offense in, right. in the NFL. Um, same coaches in place, though, from last year and 2019. John Harbaugh, head coach, Greg Roman, and uh, offensive coordinator. So no big change there. Now, They're Roman up. says, and he says this like every offseason, we're going to pass more. Yep. But you know what? To some degree, Greg Roman just is Greg Roman. And, you know, he is the guy who, uh, who you know, we've learned that Greg Roman is. He's he's uh, He is a run-first offensive coordinator. Yeah, and uh, they've got some good running backs in tow uh, with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, who they like a lot, and even Justice Hill. Justice Hill isn't chopped liver by any means. Well, he's played like chopped liver in in the smattering of work he's gotten in his career. Chopped liver is the saying, though, right? It is okay, the saying, yes. I, said I don't know before. what it means, other no. than who wants to eat chopped liver. Some people. But have you yeah, ever even those. eaten liver? I have, and I did not like it. I didn't like it either. I grew up in a household where my mom loved liver. Yeah, cow tongue, too. Nope. Okay. Thank God. Um, and when my dad would go out of town, which he did all too often for work, she would then use that as the opportunity to cook the liver because she didn't have to hear any flack from my dad. And that meant me and my brother got stuck with the plate that shows up for dinner with liver and lima beans. You're like, oh, oh man. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but have you ever had octopus? Yeah. So good. Like some of the best meat I've ever had. I wouldn't like go that big, far. Thick, tender. Really? No. Oh, it's so it. chewy. You didn't get the good Rubbery. stuff. Then. Maybe I didn't. I mean, yeah, maybe I no, got some you, bad octopus. Well, if it was in Minnesota, we don't get the they, best we don't seafood get it. We don't, here. Yeah, but anyway, right. that might uh, be part of it. What were we talking about? Well, Greg Roman for Greg a while, Roman, but in the running backs. On, yes. Um, well, we'll stick with the running backs, and I'll I'll call out my riskiest player for the Ravens, and that's J.K. Dobbins, who is the highest Raven drafted uh, among all positions right now. He's going off the board at running back sixteen. Right after DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, before guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs. We don't really like him here on this show. But guys, we do like Chris Carson right after there. So looking at Dobbins, just worried about the volume again. We saw it last year. Uh, didn't get a ton. Baltimore. He didn't really, need a ton, though. At, you know, at the end of the year, when he was getting just like, 12 touches, 14 touches. He was cashing on in those opportunities. He was, yeah. He scored in seven straight games from week 11 to, mm-hmm. to the wild card game. He totaled uh, eight touchdowns during that span. But again, and that was when they started to phase out Mark Ingram at the you know in the second half of the season, and they get, they started ratcheting up his workload, not they, to like you know workhorse caliber, but it was still just like a, an even split with, 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 with Gus, Gus Edwards. Edwards. Like you said, during that hot stretch, uh, he'd never topped 15 carries. Never had more than two catches in a game. And the thing is, he didn't need him, though. He was still effective. But I don't, yeah, he was effective, but I don't care. Looking at his ADP, mm-hmm. where he's getting drafted. It's expensive for a guy who touches the ball 13 I, times a I, game. I need more guaranteed touches, and I think he has 
200, 250 opportunities, carries, and targets this year, mm-hmm. not the 300 to 325 that I'd like to see from guys going right in his range. Again, um, I think CEH gets that kind of volume. Antonio Gibson, hopefully, and guys going after Chris Carson, we like a lot. And way down the list, not way down the list, but uh, RB25, Miles Gaskin. I would rather wait around, pick mm-hmm. Miles Gaskin, than take J.K. Dobbins. I just think there's. He he could live up to that ADP. I don't see him going higher than RB14, but I certainly can see him going lower just based on the volume. And, of course, Lamar Jackson steals touches at the goal line and all and everywhere else. Everywhere else. So that, there is that. Uh, let's talk about Lamar Jackson really quick. Two years ago, led the NFL in passing <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, unbelievable, right? Right. Passing touchdowns. Last year, only 26. Yeah. Didn't have any wide receivers last year, though. His wide receivers were better in 2019. Uh, Mark Andrews took a step back. Um, long story short, I think there's room for Lamar Jackson to get better as a passer. People are writing him off as yeah. of right now. They added a first-round pick to the wide receiver group, which I'm sure you're going to talk about in a minute, and that's promising. Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and Jackson was a candidate for uh, my highest upside player. Uh, mm-hmm. I, he could easily revert back to 2019 form. That whole team yeah. could. And if he does that, then he's... You know, he's the bell of the ball all over again. But he's not your highest upside player because I know who it's going to be, I think. And I think you and I are in lockstep on this. Play the Rouser, the University of Minnesota Rouser. No. No. You were thinking Mark Andrews? No. Gus Edwards. Ah. God, nobody wants Gus Edwards, and he gets half the carries in the run. The most run heavy offense in the NFL. That is, I do like the angle there. I love that angle. I would rather pay Gus Edwards ADP. We look at his ADP. I don't have it in front of me. Um, Gus Edwards ADP than J.K. Dobbins ADP. To me, it's and it's it's not even all that close. Oh no, it won't be close you know, at all. Gus Edwards, Edwards is going to be RB thirty five. Right, he's like round eight. I'm still going with Rashad Bateman though, who's wide receiver sixty seven right yeah. now, and he is the best wide receiver on, on the my, roster. He probably is the best. He receiver. He is the best wide wide receiver on roster. Uh, yes, he is a rookie, of course, um, but uh, polished route runner, great hands. Not a freak athlete, but he is, he is a fine athlete, uh, without a doubt. And when you look at the range of guys going before Rashad Bateman, I want to barf. Henry Ruggs, T.Y. Hilton, Jalen Rieger, Nicole Hardman, Corey Davis. Yeah. Bateman is the number one wide receiver on the team. Not the number one receiver. That's Mark Andrews, who's yeah. also a uh, candidate for yeah, downside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Downside for me. You think so? Because at tight end four... He sees under 100 targets. He's going after guys like Hawkinson and Pitts, who are going to see 100-plus targets in my mind. But I still think uh, Andrews can live up to that that ADP at tight end four. But anyway, it's Rashad Bateman for me. I think he leads the, the, the team, at least the wide receivers and targets, catches, yards. He's going to be a safe seven to eight targets per game guy, I feel, four to five catches uh, with a significant upside in it. Wide receiver, 62. There's plenty of room. For There's upside. plenty of room there. Gus Edwards, ADP. I'm gonna. I as I recall, it's round oh, yeah, eight, I'm a- but I I could be wrong about that. And I think he's going off the board like running back forty, something in that ballpark. And to me, that's just it's such good value for a guy you know is going to get uh, almost half of the work. And they love to use him near the stripe. They you know they'll run Gus Edwards near the end zone. So yeah, RB forty three. There we go. Uh, 
pick 150. Help me with that math. Round 150. Yeah, like so round 12. Ten. Yeah, it's right. It's, it's lower than I thought. I, I said eight earlier. It's like round. Yeah, it's right. Round 11. He's right in the uh, right in like the, the kind of the, the backup range you expect. The Tony Pollard, Naheem Himes, uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, but territory. The, the difference is, yeah. I can I know Gus Edwards is going to get a bunch of carries in every game, and that I can't say that about those guys. Okay, RB 40, RB 41, RB 43. Which one are you picking? You got. Zach Moss, Tony Pollard, Gus Edwards. You they, like all three they all, of those I like all three guys. I, I do, too. I like all three guys. But I would take Gus Edwards in most formats because of the really? certainty of his role. You know, Tony Pollard, may he only had like two fantasy-relevant games last year. Yeah, he still needs an And he, he, he probably does. Or Zeke has to just get even worse than he was last mm-hmm. year, which is possible. Um, and yeah. Zach Moss is, you know, well, I think there's a good opportunity to buy low on Zach Moss. We still still have plenty of questions about him. We we discussed him in detail on the last podcast last week. All right, so we got we got co upside players for the Ravens. Edwards I'll, I'll and Bates. That. Sure, I like it. Let's pivot to the Pittsburgh Steelers. First, understand my predilection on the Steelers overall this year. I see massive risk with this team, and I'm going to outline it for you over the course of our conversation here. This is a team that, in almost every scenario, I will not take a Steeler at his average draft position. And I see a very possible significant real-life regression and fantasy regression for the Steelers. They have a great defense, and that's going to keep them, I think, at around the 500 mark for total wins, that defense. But I'm very nervous about the rest of the team. So let's talk about beginning with the quarterback. In his 18th season, Ben Roethlisberger is teetering on cooked. Cooked. He played badly for stretches last year, and his arm was clearly degraded from previous seasons, I felt. Now, remember, the season before last, he missed the whole year. Mm -hmm. Then last year he came in, threw a lot of passes because the running game was terrible and um, and at the end of the day, he ultimately got to decent stat lines. But just the eye test, if you watched you know, two Steelers games, you know he didn't look the same. It was painful. Um, he didn't throw deep. And that was the biggest change from last year. He used to be, you know, this big statuesque figure in the pocket and slinging deep balls around. He threw the fifth shortest average intended yards. And, in part, because he had the fewest time in pocket, barely two seconds to throw the ball. No starter had less time in the pocket than Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Also with Ben, you know, he offered the team an offseason pay cut, which has this underlying suggestion that Ben believed that he might get replaced or cut or whatever. And he, early in the season, went to the team and said, I'll take a pay cut to play one more year. That worries me a Does little bit. Does he have bit. imposter syndrome now? <laughs> right, that's a great question. I mean, it feels that way, doesn't it? Um, you know, I think just you know, last year I feel like he he succeeded from a fantasy standpoint more just like grit and volume than actual ability anymore. Um, he did score in every game last year, and that part was great. But I'm nervous about the volume coming back and some other things. Uh, last year he threw 608 passes, which was second most of any of his seasons, and. In addition to the 608 passes, remember, he threw 68 times in the playoff loss. One game, 68 passes. Um, 
That uh, I, I worry about all of that volume on his arm in this, his 18th season. Um, the good news is he's surrounded by weapons, and we're going to talk about them in a second. The bad news for Ben um, is the offensive line is ranked 29th by Pro Football Focus for this coming season, and the team barely addressed it in the offseason. They've got three new starters, none of whom look promising. They have one returning starter, Chuck Wuma Okafor, and he's flipping from right to left tackle. You know, I don't want a new left tackle for Ben Roethlisberger, other than the fact that last year's was terrible, but I don't want a guy who's not familiar with the position going to left tackle. Yeah, they did, they only drafted one lineman in in the draft, and that was uh, in the fourth round. Yep. Dan, um, Dan Moore. Dan Moore. That's it. Um, I just don't know how, you know, how does Ben get better with a makeshift line that's being reconstructed on the fly without obvious talent improvements. Remember, they lost uh, Marquise Pouncey, retired in the offseason. This is a, is a bad line. Maybe the worst line in football. So let's talk about the receivers for a minute. Deontay Johnson uh, managed to get himself benched from drop for drops last year, as you'll probably remember. Um, but he's a high-volume guy. He ranked sixth last year among all wide receivers and targets, even with the benching. And that allowed him to lead the Steelers in targets and yards. He's now in his third season. He could get even better, and he could pull away from the the, the rest of the pack of the Steelers' wideouts, especially if he can convert more of those passes into touchdowns, which he was just a so-so touchdown producer last year. Juju Smith-Schuster re-signed with the team, and remember, he went into free agency as, a, as an unrestricted free agent, and he had, like, no takers. And eventually, after, I don't know, like 10 days of free agency, Juju just re-signed with the team on a very team-friendly deal. I think the Patriots could have gotten two Jujus for what they paid, like Nelson Aguilar. I, 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 I know. God, it's such a bad deal. Um, the issue for Juju and what you need to know about him, the lack of depth of target and yards after the catch. Juju catches short passes and then gets tackled quickly, that's bad for fantasy. He had the second shortest average depth of target, just 5.8 yards, according to Next Gen Stats. Second shortest average depth of target. And he turned 128 targets, which is plenty, into only 831 yards. That's it. This is a major reversal from the big plays that Juju was making in his first couple of seasons in the league. And it's been this way for two years with Juju. Silver lining, he did finish strong, though, last year. He had touchdowns in seven of his last ten games mm-hmm. after a, a very slow start. The touchdown so. totals were good for him in the second half, but that was the only thing that saved him and kept him fantasy relevant were, were the touchdowns. Yeah, didn't didn't have over 100 yards until that, that playoff game when he had 19 targets yeah. of the 68 passes pass attempts by uh, Ben. Juju's 128 targets, and I said only turned into 831 yards. Justin Jefferson turned 120 targets into almost double the yards, 1,400. So then let's go to Chase Claypool, uh, who became the Steelers' downfield threat. He averaged 13.2 yards per target, which was among the deepest in the NFL. He's now in his second year, and he's got room to get a lot better, which is a scary proposition for a guy with his build and ability to win contested catches. But behind this terrible offensive line, does Ben have the time to target Chase Claypool downfield? Does Chase Claypool give you a little bit of a Kelvin Benjamin vibe? No, 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 no. He is. I. I do not see Kelvin Benjamin. I hope not. 
Yeah, oh, I got burned so bad on that hot start that Kelvin Benjamin oh, had like six years ago. And I'm, I'm like, sure you said he was the best. Kelvin Benjamin is going to be awesome. <laughs> no, that did not pan out at all. Um, behind, uh, you know, again, I worry about setting up Claypool downfield behind a bad offensive line, and that provides the downside for Claypool. Only other receivers of note here: Eric Ebron will be the focal point of the tight ends until. Pat Fryermuth is ready to take over next season. Ebron's on the last year of his deal. Fryermuth will be the starter next year for those of you in Dynasty and Empire Leagues. Um, you know the deal on Ebron. Medium to low volume, and you're hoping for a, you get one of his four or five touchdowns a season. Man, this division is so... Each team is so muddled at almost every position. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of... At yeah, wide a lot of running backs. For, yeah, yeah, right. A lot of wide receivers. Tight right. ends. Yeah, two right. tight ends in yep. Cleveland, two in Pittsburgh. Yep. It's an issue. You know where the Steelers aren't muddled? Running back. No. Najee Harris It will be the week one starter and likely a workhorse back. He is a true three-down back, particularly if, if his pass blocking improves. And it's not bad, but it's got plenty of room to get better. Harris has no threat on roster to take meaningful carries away from him whatsoever. He is built for goal line use. He will get carries inside the five, and that is a huge ticket to fantasy success. But there are dangers here. First, um, they need a far more balanced attack than last year when the Steelers threw the ball the most times in the NFL, and they ran the third fewest times. So they need to have more of a commitment to the run, clearly. And I'm sure they'd like to get back to being more of a balanced attack, but they have to for Najee Harris to be as effective as he could be. And then again, and I hate to keep pounding on this, the offensive line is horrible. You gotta, though. Harris is going to have to make his own yards a lot, and he's not going to get a lot of help. Harris can catch, but will they throw to him? Pittsburgh targeted its runners just 81 times last year, and James Conner was 27th among runners last season in targets. So how much will they throw to Harris is an open question. You don't want to get too excited about the off-season OTA practice videos, but have you some of the, the Harris footwork? It looks good. He, he looks He's different good. than most, for sure. He is a good player, yeah. and if he had landed someplace else, We'd be talking about Harris as potentially a first rounder had he picked, you know, like a perfect landing mm-hmm. spot. Um, but as it stands, I'm not sure that this is it. Riskiest player at his current ADP to me is Juju Smith Schuster. He's wide receiver 32 in the seventh round. And as I mentioned earlier, hard to be a reliable fantasy producer when you're catching the ball at or near the line of scrimmage and doing nothing with it afterwards. And the player with the most upside compared to ADP, probably Chase Claypool at wide receiver 29 in the sixth round. And He's got special traits. He's got a big body, contested catches. And if Ben can, has still got a 30-touchdown season left in that arm or even like a 26-touchdown season left in that arm, Chase Claypool, to me, is the odds-on favorite to catch the most touchdowns on the team. I dig it. Thank you for listening. We've broken down the AFC North. Next week, AFC – what do you want to do, West? A- South? A- Did you say AMC? AFC. No, oh. you, you hear what you want to hear, AMC. AMC to the moon, not AMC financial advice. Moon. I just want to put that out there. Let's do uh, AFC South. Sounds good. Because traditionally it goes east, north, south, I think west, whatever. Uh, so we'll do AFC South next week. We appreciate everybody who listened. Remember to go to guillotineleagues.com. We encourage you to check that out as well. And we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.
Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.